everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself before we get started. I am a former gay stripper. That's right. You heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ. This podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and to educate those that aren't like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk and be real about a life with Jesus and what that looks like in 2020. Nothing is off limits on this podcast, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. So on today's episode, a lot of you may have seen my testimony on YouTube. I released it a while back ago. I believe it was in December 2018. I think I'm getting those dates correctly. But yeah, and that's where a lot of people are actually tuning in from. They saw my video on YouTube, which is titled Gay Stripper Turned Jesus Freak or Jesus Follower, something like that. And a lot of you guys follow me on Instagram and have reached out and have been just so awesome since I posted that. But I wanted to be real. I wanted to talk a little bit about the things that I have faced since I actually posted that video. So if you haven't seen the video, it is up on YouTube and I highly recommend that you watch it before you listen to this podcast. I mean, you could listen to this podcast, but you're not gonna know anything about me. I'm not really gonna talk about my past and how I came to Christ. All of that is in that video. So I'm not gonna expand on it any further here. This podcast and this episode is just gonna be about the time that I recorded that testimony video till the present today, 2020. So it all starts um, basically a little bit uh, farther behind from when I recorded that video. I believe it was sometime in November or August of somewhat 2018. And yeah, I was currently serving in that church. Um, it was a very hip, cool, very welcoming church. It was very friendly. People were not judgmental at all. But unfortunately in the church, it was, I think kind of almost maybe like a starter church, which is really good. And I would never kind of speak badly about starter churches. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for this starter church and for the environment that they provided for me to feel comfortable to encounter Christ. So I was serving in that church and while I was serving, I noticed that there is almost like a lack, a lack of community and the church itself is a mobile church. So they didn't really have a building and that kind of limited them. They weren't able to do as much as I'm sure they probably wanted to do. I remember that I had recently come into knowing Christ and I was on fire. I mean, like I was obsessed with Jesus. I had these DVDs in my room that I were like my prized possession. It was like all types of Blu-ray and HD movies. And I remember just getting them and throwing them in a bag and just like throwing them away. Cause I was like, I don't wanna watch any more secular movies. All I wanna do is praise and worship Jesus. Like I was that kind of crazy for Jesus. <laughs> and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, have I gotten lukewarm? What is happening to me? Um, but yes, I believe that's called first love. And I believe we should be continually in first love. It was a beautiful, awesome time. But anyways, I really wanted to encounter Jesus and I really wanted to have community with people around me. But the problem was 
that this church was only really doing stuff probably maybe like monthly besides you know the regular sunday services they were doing maybe like monthly prayer meetings and um also uh kind of like a bi-weekly small groups and i just wanted to talk about jesus all the time i wanted to to be around a community to talk about jesus and to study the bible and I needed more. So during that time, I was praying a lot and just asking God and, you know, deep, deep, deep into prayer. I remember that one time I was in my bed and obviously I was praying and the Lord just revealed to me that he wanted me to be in ministry. But I didn't even know what ministry was. And I didn't even have that word. Like I didn't I didn't know that ministry was like a thing that you could do. <laughs> like I had no idea what the definition of ministry was at the time. All I heard from God was that he wanted me to do a Bible study with people who were on fire for God like I was. So I decided to name this little Bible study um, United 12. And I didn't want to step on any toes in my church. You know, I was actively serving and I was kind of being prepared to go into a, a leadership role. So I just did these Bible studies. It was mostly for men on a day that this church wasn't doing anything. So I never collided with them on any type of events. And I wanted to go to the events that they were doing. I loved my church and I was meeting so many people and it was just really a great, awesome time, honestly. I I really had a great time, but I needed more. I needed more community. I wanted to talk about Jesus more. So I decided to do these um, weekly Bible studies and it wasn't even me, it was God. Um, And I wanted to do it with men because I've always had, you know, as someone who struggles with same-sex attraction, we're gonna be talking a lot about these issues. I've always had kind of not the best experiences with men, and I thought that as a Christian going into Christianity that my experiences with men would be more wholesome and a little bit better, but I was so naive back then. (laughs) Um, I didn't, like nobody ever told me that a walk with Christ doesn't make everything, you know, perfect and people perfect and you know, I've had so many bad experiences and I've had really good experiences, but I was very naive going into this. I was like, I'm just going to do this Bible study with a bunch of guys and I'm going to get them together and we're going to read the Bible and we're, we're going to have a great time and we're going to pray for one another and we're going to develop relationships and it's just going to be the whole thing. Like it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, and that's what I decided to do. And I named it United 12. And that's what I named it. And I, I basically named it that because it was supposed to represent unity and it was supposed to represent uh, the 12 disciples. So it was essentially almost like discipleship. And my church at the time, they didn't even have discipleship. Like that wasn't a thing. So I was really, I was seeking discipleship. And also my church, we had a pastor, but he was more kind of like a celebrity than he was a pastor. I term and try to define the term as pastor as someone who spends time with his sheep. And honestly, just to be real, because this is a very transparent podcast and I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but this guy, as great as he was, and maybe he did spend time with people, I was going into an active leadership role in the church and I didn't get to spend any time with him. I was in that church for, I think, six months and I don't even know if he knew my name. And that's, you know, that says something because I wasn't just a nobody. Like, I was actively in leadership. Of course, it was a really big church. It's, like, huge in Miami. Like, it's it's a huge church. So I understand 
then I'm sure he doesn't have time to know everyone. But I was a leader in the church or being actively prepped to become a leader. So I start these Bible studies. And at first, honestly, to be completely like 100% real, I did not know what I was doing. All I knew was that I loved Jesus. Um, I wanted to talk about him. I wanted to learn more about him. So I went around my church and I told everybody, I'm like, hey, I'm having a Bible study on Wednesday nights. If you wanna come, we're gonna be doing it in Krispy Kreme and there's donuts. And I was just telling everybody, I was telling my secular friends, I was telling people in the church, it wasn't a secret or anything like that. Um, I even told the leaders in the church, I'm like, hey, like I'm, I'm so excited to be learning about Jesus and there's nothing going on in the church. So I'm doing my own Bible study if you wanna come. And I extended an invite to them, but nobody ever came. Like, I think like from my church, I think it was just one dude that came and then the rest was from different other churches that I also invited from people who I personally knew. But I started doing that and I started doing the Bible study and oh my goodness, I made so many mistakes because I definitely was not in a position to be any type of leader. I was still growing. I was so immature in Christ, even though... I had an amazing love for him. Uh, there were so many things that I just didn't understand and I didn't know, but I was trying my best and I was just trying to be obedient to the Lord. So I took this trip to Hawaii. Now, when I went to Hawaii, um, I was so in love with, um, I actually went with my parents. It was awesome. It was a great experience on a cruise ship. And um, I was just really, really in love with the nature and the whole thing about just being able to go to the beach and park your car and just relax. And, you know, something about it just really made me really excited. I have struggled before in the past with depression. And one of the things that makes me really happy in life is actually just being outside and being in the sun. I think like being outside when you're depressed is really, really great. And the sun, it just makes you happier. <laughs> So while I was on a plane flying back home, I didn't want that to end. So the Lord spoke to me while I was on the plane and he basically told me, I want you to go to the beach and just to worship me. Um, pick one day out of the week to go to the beach and, and just to worship me. And I was like, all right, God. I was like, okay, I mean, I don't really know how I'm gonna do this or you know, why, you know, I'm just gonna be obedient. So I think I gathered the same people that were in my Bible study, which at the time was like nobody, I think it was like four people or something. And then I invited my cousin and she was nice enough to come. It, it was just, <laughs> it was like, there wasn't a lot of people, but um, my parents were super su supportive. And um, I just went out to the beach. I decided that I was gonna worship God. And we laid down a blanket. I was trying to find like a place where there wasn't a lot of people. And we laid down this blanket and, we went really into um, the sand, kind of closer to the seashore, and uh, we, we put on a speaker and we just started worshiping God and we started praying together. And that night, something incredible happened. Um, I think it was around like almost 30 people stopped to see what we were doing. And at that time, I think like we had brought like little candles and stuff like that, but it wasn't anything crazy like how we do it now or have been doing it um, in the future, people started coming up to us or people started to look at us. And every time people would look at us, I'd be like, hey, we're praying. Do you wanna come join us? Do you wanna come worship? And people were like, okay. And, and people, they just felt something. Like when they would come up to us, they would be like, oh, I don't know. It, just, it felt really peaceful. Like 
let's pray together. And, and they would pray. It was, it was really weird. Until one point, we had around like 30 people and we were all in a circle and we were all praying together. And it was such a beautiful, supernatural night. And from that moment, I really knew that God really wanted to do something special um, with these beach nights. And that's what I called it. I called them beach nights. But I also put it under the same ministry, which was United 12. And I wasn't even calling it a ministry um, back then because I started calling it a ministry when, when I had dinner with a friend. She was like, that's a ministry. And I was like, oh, what's a ministry? And she was like, it's when you do stuff for Christ. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I have a ministry. <laughs> so, um, so when I started doing the beach nights, I guess it got a little bit popular, more popular than my Bible study. Not really from the church, but people on Instagram were liking it and and I was being followed by a lot of people from my church. And it started to take notice of, I guess, somebody in the church. And this is where it got really, really complicated because I was really happy, you know, being in the church where I was. And I was, I, I really did love the community. I just needed more of it. And that's why, and I also wanted to just be obedient to what the Lord was telling me to do at the time. And I didn't think I was doing anything bad. So I got a call from the co-pastor, I guess that's what you would call him. He was like second in charge, not the pastor, but the co-pastor. And he basically just asked me, like, I'm not going to name any names, by the way, guys. I'm not going to say the name of the church. I'm not going to say the name of the pastor because I want to respect them. He called me and he basically told me, oh, you know, what is this whole United 12 thing you got going on? And I basically told him the whole story of what I just finished telling you guys. Like, I'm like, oh, United 12, um, I uploaded my testimony um, at this point, I had uploaded my testimony to YouTube, and we're doing these Bible studies, and we're doing these beach nights. Um, I actually told you guys about it, I don't know, a while back ago, but I don't know if you guys remember. I started to do it because the Lord just told me to do it, and I basically told him everything I just told you guys. So I don't know exactly what he told me because it was kind of really traumatic for me. Um, it was just not a day that I like to remember because I was... You know, that was kind of the first time that I ever felt really bad with Christ. Because up until that point, I was like on a spiritual high. I was like super in love with Christ and I was seeing the good in people and stuff. And at that time, um, he basically just told me that um, I couldn't do what I was doing. Um, that if I wanted to have a position in the church, that I had to do everything through the church. I was, you know, conflicted because I was like, I want to be obedient to what the Lord is telling me to do. Um, but I also want to be a part of this church. And I also really love the community that I had going. And I see that now from his perspective was that he didn't want people to think that what I was doing on my own was a part of what they were doing and their church um, because they had a specific uh, brand or something. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to really get into it. But yeah, he... I, it almost felt like they were threatened with what I was doing. And if they weren't threatened, they were more concerned that I was doing something that would make them look bad. So they wanted to cut the ties. They wanted to severe the ties. Um, and that's what I got from the conversation. I tried to make it really clear to him at the time that nobody from the church was even going to the Bible studies. Like it was just one dude um, and the beach nights, same thing. I was inviting people at the church, um, but nobody ever came. So he basically told me that I couldn't invite people from the church anymore. And I'm like, this is really confusing because isn't the church supposed to be my community? Aren't they supposed to be the people I'm supposed to be doing life with? Like, I don't understand. Like, why even go to the church if like, 
we're not we're not doing life together like i was just really really confused even looking back i'm still really confused as to why he even did that you know and one thing that just really made me kind of upset was that they judged what i was doing from the outside and they never even experienced it so even though i invited i i invited the person who i was speaking to on the phone to come to the Bible studies. I even invited him to come to the beach nights along with all the the other leaders that were under him. And they never came. Like they never had an interest in what was going on in my life. And I thought to myself, like, is this what church is? Like I'm over here trying to like essentially not build a church, but build a community. And these people who are supposed to be my community don't want to be a part of my life. They don't want to know anything that I'm going through. They don't want to know my struggles. And at the time, remember, um, I was dealing with same-sex attraction and leaving behind the homosexual lifestyle. And when you leave behind the homosexual lifestyle, I mean, you need the support of people. Like, you need a church that is backing you up that, you know, th- there's like, you're almost like a child that needs extra attention because there's a huge change in lifestyle. So I just didn't feel like I had a community in the church. And it was one of the reasons why I was building United 12 um not so that i could be apart from my church at the time but that i can fill in the gaps where my church was lacking and i i really didn't see anything wrong with that especially because i told them beforehand i told them everything that i was doing so then at this moment he was like you can't do that anymore he was like if you want to serve in this church and if you want to be a leader you can't do that in this church also you can't be inviting people in the church um like i said and it, it, I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, so where does that leave me? Like, where does that leave um, what the Lord has been telling me to do? Also, where does that lead me where I need the emotional support that I'm supposed to be getting from leaving behind the homosexual lifestyle? And that was another thing too. Like even bringing up leaving behind the homosexual lifestyle in the church was like a no-no because there was a lot of people who were still living in sin in that church and a lot of them were homosexuals so it was almost like they told me i think one time you're not you can't talk about that here in that church like if you have something that you need to say like just kind of keep it to yourself and i understood that kind of in a way but it was just like i don't know it was just like a lot of fear and you know it was it was a whole big thing so i want to move on from this but it was really traumatic and that's why i'm spending a lot of time on it um and i i continued to serve in the church for i think like 2 months after that um and from that moment i told them that i wasn't going to be like a leader anymore i wasn't going to like i was going to step down from volunteering and all that stuff um because i wanted to be respectful to them and i actually didn't invite any more people um from that church to anything from what i was doing and everything he told me on the phone i just did and i was respectful of that even though it really hurt me so then i had this conversation with um this old pastor that i knew um, who I really, really love, and they're really good friends of mine. Um, it's actually two. It's, it's a husband and a wife. And I remember that they just told me, like, why are you going to that church? And I was like, well, I want to be a light. Like, I, I started there, and I think this is where God wants me to be, and, um, and I like going there. And I, like, I, I like the people. And they're like, yeah, but you need a church that's going to disciple you. You need a church that's going to tend to your, um, like, it's going to give you emotional support. And they gave me a lot of advice about what a church actually is and what it kind of looks like. And my church didn't look like any of those things. 
And I was like, you know what? Maybe it is time for me to actually leave this church and to find a church that is gonna tend to all the things that I need in my Christian journey. So after two months of just continuing to be in that church, I actually left. And when I left, I wanted to leave on good terms. I sent an email to the church and I asked for it to be sent to the pastor. And I pretty much wrote the entire situation um, from when I began in the church to why I was leaving. And I really poured my whole heart out onto this email. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I never got a response from the pastor. I never got a response from any of the people in the church. I had told some people that I was close with, that I was leaving, and those people kind of agreed with me and they were like, I think you're doing a good thing and we prayed about it. Obviously, there was a lot of prayer during this time, but it was just really, really confusing for me. And there's so much to it, but hopefully we'll get into it maybe another day. And I say this only so that if there are people out there who are going through the same thing that I'm going through and maybe feel like they're alone and they don't know of any other situation like this, like this happened to me and this was very real for me in my Christian journey. And it also developed a lot of fear in me. I didn't feel a lot of love during this process. So I continued actually to do United 12 and to gather up people from the gym and, you know, from the beach nights, invite, you know, pretty much inviting every single person that I knew I could um, and just continue to do my men's Bible study and my beach nights. And then we ended up doing a Bible study for everyone, for women and for men, and that was on Sunday nights. And that was really, really exciting. We did that in the park and everybody that would walk by us, we would invite them. And a lot of people actually stayed and it was a really cool time. And I think we even got up to the point that there is like around six people that were my core group at the time. And I loved them so much. And we were basically really doing life with one another. We had a group chat on WhatsApp. We went to Christian concerts together. We were praying together. And I was really trying to do the most with this ministry because it was almost like my church at the time. And during this time, I was actively looking for other churches as well. And I visited a lot of churches, but nothing seemed right. I didn't really feel like people understood me, understood my calling, approved of what the Lord was currently doing in my life. And there were so many other variables. It seemed as though I was never gonna be able to find a church. But while I was leading these Bible studies, something really good came out of it because I actually wanted to grow in my biblical knowledge. And the Lord really put it on my heart that I needed to go back to college. I needed to go back and that I should go to a Christian college. So I started looking up Christian colleges and I found a Christian college that was amazing and it seemed to be exactly what the Lord wanted for me. And it was called Oral Roberts University. And it's currently where I am getting my biblical literature degree. But I didn't start out with a biblical literature degree. I actually started out with a leadership degree, a pastoral leadership degree, I think it was. But then after taking a couple of classes, I realized that it was mostly about leading people. And I wasn't really too interested in leading people as much as I was about actually knowing the Bible understanding Hebrew and Greek, like I have a passion for just the original language of the text and history that I never had before because I honestly, I didn't even read before I was a Christian. <laughs> so I started studying in Oral Roberts University and I really felt like it was 
within God's will. Because even now to this day, I have learned so much that I would not have been able to learn if it wasn't for this college. And one of my goals is actually to get a doctorate because I don't want to start, I don't want to stop on my bachelor's, but that is going to be a really long time. <laughs> so while I was in college, I remember I was doing a fast one day and oh, by the way, my all of my college is online. So because Oral Roberts University is actually in Kansas or Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, and um, I'm in Miami, so I wasn't able to go to the campus. So I do everything online. But I was I was fasting one day, right? I was fasting for I think like I don't know seven days or something like that. And I came across on YouTube while I was just searching on YouTube this thing called IHOP, which was International House of Prayer. It's not IHOP like Denny's and you know, like International House of Pancakes, it's International House of Prayer. I remember this so vividly. I was sitting in the room that I am right now, my studio room, and it was 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night, and there was this girl who was playing guitar, and pretty much what the International House of Prayer does is they worship nonstop for 24 hours, seven days a week and so there was a worship set that was live on youtube and that was streaming and it was a girl just on her guitar and she was strumming these four chords that was so beautiful and filled with the presence of god so much so that i started crying in front of my computer and i remember just looking at the audience and there was like no one in the audience and i'm like this girl is so anointed and I'm crying, like listening to her. And the only lyrics that she mummered were actually lyrics that said, prophesy that he is good. And during this time, I was really having a lot of hardships and I really needed to hear that from someone, like that God is good no matter what you're going through. So I was crying and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I've, I've never seen anything like this before. I've I've never seen like such anointed worship. The old church that I was in, it was more of kind of like a performance worship. Um, they never did any type of spontaneous. <laughs> they never um, like, it was uh, like very dancey, you know? So I never seen someone strum four chords and just strum them for like 10 minutes and then just sing these four simple words, you know, prophesy that he is good, or is that five words? I don't know. So I wanted to see if there was anything like that in Miami, if there was an international house of prayer in Miami. And turns out there was one. So I went to go visit, and the day that I went to go visit, it was a Friday night, and I believe it was my birthday, <laughs> or the day before my birthday. And when I got there, the pastor stood up and he started reading from Joel chapter two. I believe it's verse 12. It says, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments and return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. And I just, I had never, like, I don't, I don't know, something about those, that verse just like really stood out to me. And I began to weep in my chair and just weep, weep, weep. And I really felt the presence of God like I had never felt it before. It was really, really intense. So I knew that this place might be the church that I should be going to. But unfortunately, this church was really far from where I lived. It was almost an hour away. It was down south from where I live. But I wanted to make an effort. So I actually signed up to join their night watch. And I remember they asked me if I played any instruments and I shared my testimony with the pastor. And I was like, yeah, I play piano. 
but I didn't really play piano. Like I think I had played piano like when I was like eight years old. I didn't know anything. Like at the time, I was making beats on my computer. But he was like, "Yeah, go up there, just like sing and sing to God." And that was something that I always wanted to do. I love singing. Um, I love worshiping. I wasn't necessarily very good at it back then, but I loved it, and it, it's a, it's a passion of mine. I. I love to sing and I actually went to school for it. I went to school for theater. So I went up there and I started playing piano and I'm sure it was the most horrendous thing that anybody has ever heard. I I think I knew like one chord and the rest I just like howled. <laughs> um, I, but I was singing from my heart and when I got down from the stage, he was just like, that was so beautiful. Um, I see your heart and I see how much you love the Lord and from then on I actually started to do worship there um, and lead a set there. It wasn't really necessarily like leading worship. It was a set at 2 a.m. on Friday nights. So every Friday I would go there and I would play piano and the Lord actually supernaturally taught me how to play piano, which was insane. I don't think I've ever talked about this on my YouTube channel, um, but every single week I would go like the ladies that were in the night watch, which it wasn't many, I think it was only like four of them. It was just four ladies at 2 a.m. and then me. <laughs> but they would basically say, wow, you're getting so much better. Like every single time they were they were encouraging me and encouraging me. And, it, and their encouragement mixed with the supernatural from God, I was able to really learn how to play piano and actually continued to be inspired to wanna be better because I knew that at Fridays at 2 a.m., I would be in front of these four ladies and I would have to worship and make it sound good. <laughs> so the church was awesome, but it wasn't really necessarily a church. Um, it was more of a mission base. Um, the pastor, he's really into praying and there was another pastor there, um, but it wasn't like a traditional church. And that church also, they didn't have like a discipleship program in place because it was more like a mission base. And it was just really far from where I lived. So I was continuing to look into other places, places that were close to me. So I could really find that church that I had been looking for. And during this time, I was also going from conference to conference to conference and just trying to soak up as much Jesus as I possibly could. But unfortunately, uh, my core group at the time for United 12 was slowly starting to disappear. Like I think one girl moved away. This other boy, he got a girlfriend and he just kind of left and then there was just a lot of people that ended up just dropping from United 12 from the Bible studies and the men's Bible studies and to the point that there wasn't really anybody left I think there was only like one girl left and all of this was really really difficult for me because I don't know I, I had a different perception um, I was like all out I was radical and I wanted to be a part of what I would see in the Bible so I was like really upset with people honestly and it it is not like, trust me, it is not a good leadership style <laughs> to be disappointed with people. <laughs> I feel like encouragement works so much better. <laughs> but I was, I was really disappointed and I didn't know how to express myself and I was baby Christian and I think I made things even worse with people and I really regret that time in my life and, you know, I was just trying the best that I possibly could. So everyone kind of just left from the Bible study and from 
the United 12, like, and I was just like, you know what? I kind of just want to take a break. So I took a break from everything. I took a break from the Bible studies on Sundays, the men's meet, and also the beach nights. And we were having problems with the beach nights as well. It grew so big. There was like so many lights on the beach. We were attracting so many people. We were praying for people. We met people from around the world. That was honestly the most successful thing in my ministry. It was the beach nights. It was so impactful and I loved doing it. And it was really cool because the only people that I needed to do it with was my parents and me. And I knew I could always count on my parents. They weren't going to be doing anything on a Saturday night. So <laughs> so I just kind of continued to worship. I actually, at this time, got um, invited to play in different churches. And I was meeting with some pastors. I was actually even trying to get into another church. Um, one of my friend's churches and I became kind of like a worship leader there and I was actually trying to become a member of that church but that didn't last very long I think it was only like two months and then the Lord told me that he didn't want me there and then there was another church that was actually paying me to do a set like a worship leading set um, on Wednesdays and I loved being there but the Lord also told me that that wasn't right and that I shouldn't be accepting money for worship and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that like being paid to be a worshiper um, but for me specifically at that time, the Holy Spirit just did not agree with that. And also the fact that they weren't really pouring into me. Like, I think the pastor of that church at the time, like, barely, barely knew me. So the Holy Spirit just wasn't sitting right with that decision. So I kind of just put everything on hold for a while and just continued to go to IHOP while I could. And even in IHOP, I had some difficulties as well because I was still looking for like that friendship and community. And in IHOP, there was barely any young people, like it was mostly older. And so I was just really confused and asking the Lord what to do and, you know, trying to convince people at the gym to like be my friend and read the Bible with me. And like, <laughs> because the gym is like the only place that I go to. And also, um, at this time, I wasn't working, so I knew that I had to somehow figure out a way to get donations from what I was doing because I, I loved doing what I was doing for God, but obviously, that doesn't pay my bills. <laughs> so I was like, God, you have to provide a way for me to be able to continue to do ministry because this is what I feel like I'm called to do, go to school and be able to pay you know, my bills. <laughs> so during this time, I cut off all my hair because I had long hair. If you watch the testimony video, you'll see um, I cut, cut it all off and I was just going through it. I was really, really going through it. I wish I could get into more details, but I can't because I want this podcast to be short, but I'm sure I will let you guys know about more details, the more podcasts that I make. So just know this is the tip of the iceberg, basically, the main events. Also during this time, I was really obsessed with this church called Upper Room. I am going to say their name because they're amazing and they're wonderful. I have only good things to say about them. I went to their conference in August of last year, which was 2019. And I was so inspired by the way that they worship. If you guys haven't seen any of Upper Room's worship, I really suggest it, especially um, if you've been a Christian for a while, they do spontaneous and they do sets. They have a prayer room that does morning, afternoon, and night sets. And it's just an amazing, awesome church. So I went there for that conference and I learned so much. And I was kind of obsessed with the idea of the prayer room. I was already involved in a prayer room with IHOP. Um, but since I wasn't getting the community there that I really needed and the emotional support that I needed... I was like, you know what? I remember asking the question to Michael Miller, which is the pastor at Upper Room. And I was like, what do you do 
if you're in a spot in Miami where it kind of feels like you're all alone and nobody wants to worship like this, no one wants to, you know, do prayer room like this. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Miami is actually considered like a graveyard for churches because there is a lot of sin in Miami and people are very comfortable in their sin in Miami. Um, it's not exactly the most ideal place to be a born-again Christian. <laughs> so I asked him the question. He was just like, get two or three faithful people and start a prayer room. So when I got back home, that's exactly what I did. I restarted up my beach nights and I also started up a prayer room in my living room and I named it Prayer Room. Very creative, I know. <laughs> my two friends joined me and it just began something new and it was very healing for me at the time because of previous relationships that I had with other Christians that didn't really end well. And all we would do was that we would come together for about an hour and 30 minutes every Tuesday night and we would just worship. We would just like my 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 buddy Abner, he was really awesome. He's really awesome with the piano and so he would play a melody on the piano and we would worship just spontaneously for about an hour and 30 minutes and just pray what was on our heart for the day. And then we started to attract other people, like other people from different churches that were young and were on fire for God, saw what we were doing. They're like, we want to be a part of this. Like our church doesn't have anything like this. Like I, we really want to do this. So I started to gather up some more people. And at one point we had like almost 15 people again, like it was a lot of people and it was a core group of probably maybe like eight individuals. And I was so happy. But at the same time, I didn't feel like I was ready to be a leader. And in those types of situations, there needs to be a leader or else there's chaos. So I made a lot of mistakes. And by mistakes, I mean, I feel like probably maybe I pushed too much um, radicalism. Like I was very radical at the time and I wanted people to do things kind of like my way, like leave everything behind, like the, you know, the Jesus way, just like leave your families, leave your your boats, your businesses, and let's follow Jesus together. And I'm sure that they wanted to and probably would have done it if I would have approached them in a different way. But since nobody had ever taught me about how to be a good leader, I never experienced good leadership, especially in a church. Personally, I did things in just not the best way. So we ended up having, I think at one point, it was like a high high of like maybe like eight people and then that got down to maybe like three people. So I was like really disappointed once again, and I didn't really feel like I knew where United 12, where this ministry was going anymore. I didn't understand the mission and the vision, and at the time I was still making YouTube videos about Bible content and whatever else I could come up with that I felt like people on YouTube might wanna watch. And I was just really confused in my identity, and that's when I got a job at the gym because I was like, man, I have no money, I'm so broke, I couldn't even afford a haircut. I couldn't afford new clothes. I was buying my clothes at Walmart because it was $5. And I was like, I'm going to go and work at the gym. And so I applied to work at the gym. And I was there for two weeks. And then the Lord told me, no, I don't want you working at the gym. Number one, it was huge sexual temptation because there was very good looking men all the time coming in. And that's something that I'm going to frequently talk about on the, on the podcast is that, you know, even though I have left the homosexual lifestyle, I do obviously am still tempted um, sexually. Like, I mean, that never goes away whether you're heterosexual or whether you're homosexual, you're still tempted. So that was one of the reasons why the Lord told me to leave. But also he just told me to leave because he really wanted me to focus on what he called me to in the beginning, which was ministry. I know that I know that I know that God wants me to just be working for him 
always and not many have that calling or even understand that calling but i don't know what's going to come in the future and that's why i would always apply to jobs and why i ended up working at that gym but because i was actually testing god i was like god you know um maybe i should be working and doing ministry at the same time and doing college maybe he doesn't want me to just be doing just ministry you know maybe he wants me to be out in the workforce you know so it if anyone was questioning it the most, I was questioning it the most. But I knew I felt from the Lord that he wanted me to quit at this point and stop working at the gym. Which by the way, I was working as front desk and I loved it. It actually gave me somewhere to be every single day because previously to that, all I would do was just like be in my room by myself and think of different ways that I could evangelize or do Bible studies with people. And I didn't really get out of my house much, which I'm used to because I was homeschooled and I have spent a lot of time alone by myself. So right when I put in my two weeks, that is actually when COVID began, COVID-19. And I was actually kind of stunned by the timing. I knew it was totally God, but COVID-19 just hit really, really hard. I remember the first couple of weeks just telling myself that it was all gonna be over very soon, that I wasn't gonna have to feel lonely, even trying to work out outside by just jogging so I could get out of the house. But you know, everybody was stuck inside of the house and churches were canceled. My prayer room, I had to cancel it as well because I didn't want anyone to get sick and I wanted to respect people. So it was just a really, really lonely time. And I remember falling into kind of a deep depression and having an identity issue as well. I, at this point, had absolutely no idea for what God wanted in my life and whether he wanted me to continue to do United 12 or to even continue to do podcasts or YouTube videos. And I had been hurt by a lot of Christians at this point, just doing events. And I was honestly just very, very tired. I mean, imagine, I think at this point, it had been a year and a half already of doing ministry and I was running on empty. I mean, I hadn't had someone pour into me in a really, really long time. The only person that I had pouring into me was Jesus. And let me tell you that Jesus is more than enough, but Jesus did not call us to be alone or to walk alone. He called us to be in community and to be a church, which is ecclesia. And that means that we are the church. It's a gathering of people. So I just didn't have that for a really long time. And I was really depressed in COVID-19 and just a lot of different things started happening to me. I didn't tell you guys this earlier, but shortly after I released my testimony video, I remember that I fell into pornography. It was the day before Christmas. And it was so simple. It was just a picture on Instagram that came up on my feed. And it was a semi-naked guy showing his butt because butt pictures are allowed on Instagram. And I remember I just couldn't get that image out of my mind. And I was really struggling. I didn't have an accountability partner. I didn't have a church at that time and I fell into pornography and since then I had like maybe four weeks five weeks two months go by where I wouldn't watch pornography and then I would fall and then I would repent and then I would ask God to forgive me and it was like a cycle it was like then another four weeks or another two months you know and then I would fall into pornography again and I didn't want to admit that it was an addiction but it really was an addiction because I couldn't fight it. I was really, really struggling with it and trying to get down into the root of it, listening to preachings about pornography, reaching out to people who I knew from around the world that had same-sex attractions, and I just really couldn't 
figure out the solution. So when COVID-19 came, the Lord just really exposed that in my life. Like I started watching pornography so frequently because before it was like at least, you know, at least a period of two weeks before I would fall again. But this time it was just over and over and I was trying to repent and then I would fall again because I was just by myself in my room all the time and it was so dark and so lonely. And when you live a homosexual lifestyle where you have sex every single week and you use it to gratify yourself and to find purpose and identity and pleasure, you know, those things have roots and they don't necessarily go away the minute that you meet Christ. Sometimes you're supernaturally delivered and sometimes it just takes time to get down into the root So I had a lot of advices from a lot of different people because I know a lot of people, but nothing seemed to work. And then I fell into a really, really, really deep depression. But the Lord was really faithful and just to me during this time because he provided me with some friends. Number one, I have a Jewish friend. Um, She's amazing. I remember just... We were doing Zoom calls together and watching Netflix movies. And we started playing video games. And little by little, I would tell her about Jesus. And I would tell her about my radical faith and how he changed me because we hadn't spoken in a while and she lives far away. And she was like, man, I'm Jewish. I don't believe in Jesus, but you really inspired me to read more of the Torah and read the word of God. And she became obsessed with reading scripture. And we started talking about a bunch of different subjects on the on the Bible, it was just really wonderful. And we developed a really strong, close relationship. And I don't think I would have survived COVID without her. I also started playing some Xbox and I felt really guilty at first because I carried around almost like this religious spirit. Everything I ever did all the time was just Jesus. So anytime I would do something that wasn't Jesus, I would feel so awful and I would feel so bad. But I started playing this game on my Xbox, which was a MMO. And I met these guys on there and I slowly started to tell them about Jesus and about where I was going to school and everything that God had brought me out of. And they kind of helped me feel like I belonged as well. They weren't necessarily Christian. They believed in Jesus, but they weren't like crazy radical Christians. They would drink, they would do drugs, but they accepted me into their little group. And I remember them just calling me after the first time meeting them over a party on Xbox, which is like a group meeting. And we FaceTimed together and they asked me about my day. And it was honestly something that I hadn't really experienced even in the Christian community in a really long time. It was just so full of like real love, you know? However, I never really stopped trying in my ministry even during this time. I was just doing some Zoom Bible studies um, with anybody who wanted to join for my Instagram. And I also met another group of people on there that were Christians that were helping me during this time to keep myself busy and to continue to teach the Bible. And they were really wonderful. And we started a group chat. So I had a lot of help from not only just my Jewish friend, my Xbox friends, but also the little bit of Christian friends that I had from online. So with that group and my Jewish friend, I was able to make it during COVID-19 and when the gyms opened up, I decided that I wanted to be honest with people. I was so depressed and I remember just praying to God and telling him, God, what do I do? Who am I? What's my purpose? Why can't I find freedom? I don't understand. And I remember that the Lord told me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I'm allowing you to go through these things because if I don't allow you to go through these things, you'll never know how to help someone who is going through these things. And that just really sparked a fire in me 
to be honest with my following. So I went on Instagram and that's when I posted on my Instagram a post that I was dealing with body dysmorphia, that I was dealing with depression, that I was dealing with pornography and that I was gonna dismantle United 12 and that I was gonna do something different. So instead of giving my ministry a name, I was just like, I'm gonna put everything under Samuel Perez. And I got so much bad feedback online for just being honest. I got a lot of good feedback, but I got a lot of bad feedback from Christians just telling me that I can't be that honest, that I can't be that transparent, that that's bad. And, and I just felt like, wow, you know, I am in the position that I am today because of the Lord. And I have an opportunity to glorify him um, with my life and if I can't be honest about where I am and my testimony you know and I think it's bad to be transparent then I'm never going to be able to help anyone so that's when I decided that with God I was going to change everything about my ministry that I was going to get on YouTube I was going to talk about everything I experienced and answer the hard-hitting questions that I get online and make a way and a path for those who don't have a voice or are too scared or are shamed all around the world for the things that they're experiencing. So I want to put myself out there now starting today in 2020 and talk about everything that the church isn't talking about. What a real journey with Christ looks like. The imperfections and all. And I don't want it to be a secret anymore. Since I did that, I have found so much freedom. I also got a lot of really good support online. I got good support from my family. And I am so happy to be beginning a new season with a fresh start, a new direction. And I don't know where it's gonna take me. All I know is that I no longer have this burden on my shoulder to keep everything inside. And I wanna help as much people as I can with my story and my transparency. So that's what I'm gonna do. And there's so much more that I could get into, but I really need to end the podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening to me and for allowing me to share my story from when I posted my testimony video till now. I hope that it has brought comfort. I hope that some of you guys can relate to this. So now is the time in the podcast where I talk about how you can continue to stay connected with me and how you can help support me. Um, I do have an Instagram. I will link all of that into a description somewhere wherever you're listening to this. Um, I have a Twitter and a Facebook and I have a Patreon. So a patron is somewhere where you can actually give monthly to the making of this uh, podcast. And it actually is not just, just for the podcast, but it's for the YouTube and everything else that I'm currently doing to try to share my story with others around the world. So if you want to donate, you just have to go to patron.podbean.com slash Samuel Perez, and I will also have that in the description somewhere. You can also give through Cash App and Venmo, and that is on my link tree through Instagram and Facebook. All right, guys, I will see you next time on the next episode. Till then, peace. Bye.